The Royals' big moves appear to be out of the way, but are they done adding? I'll tell you next on Locked on Royals. You are Locked on Royals, your daily Kansas City Royals podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of Lockdown Royals on the Lockdown Podcast Network. As always, I am your host, Jack Johnson, and you can give me a follow on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore 15. We're also live on TikTok. We're live on Instagram, so go give us a follow over there at Locked underscore on underscore Royals. It's also very easy to find us on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Amazon Music, Google Podcast, and we are on YouTube, about eight or nine subscribers away from 800. And remember, our goal is to get to 1,000 by opening day. So still a couple months, but we want to continue that pace, keep that pace going, because we absolutely want to get that 1K mark by the end of March. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. There's no better time to get in on the action, so go and create your account today. Stop wasting time. Get it in before the bowl games. Get it in for next week's NFL games. Get it in for college basketball games. FanDuel is the best app to use. We strongly encourage it here on the Locked On Podcast Network. So after you listen to today's podcast, just go over. It's super simple. Get on your phone, get on your computer, and start placing some bets today. And if you're a first-time listener, of course, welcome in. We love new listeners here on the Locked On Royals channel. A little bit more about me. I work in sports. I work here in Kansas City. Over at Sports Radio 810 WHB, i got a show once a week over there. And then Monday through Friday, I've got a show on ESPN Kansas City, 10 to 11 a.m. So if you ever want to get my thoughts on things that may not always pertain to the Kansas City Royals, you can check me out over there to hear more NFL talk, more college hoops, college football, NBA talk, and of course, Royals sprinkled in there. But you know that when you come here, when you click on this podcast link, whether that be on YouTube or any of those podcasting platforms, that you are getting 30 straight minutes of Royals baseball. So let's dive right into it. And I wanted to get to this segment because I got a question on YouTube. And and though I'm not always the best, and I apologize for this, though I'm not always the best of getting to those questions, usually I stay on Twitter, which I do need to expand my range because not everybody has Twitter or not everybody likes asking questions on Twitter. But one of the the followers on YouTube, uh, maybe one of the subscribers, uh, went ahead and asked, you know, is this it? Are, are they done adding? I mean, we've been hearing sprinkled in there, you know, throughout the weeks that, you know, J.J. Piccolo wants to add depth. We've heard about the infielder that's a left-handed bat that can play multiple positions. We've heard about the bullpen trying to add depth there. So the big question remains, are they really done? Because I think you can go out there and say, well, we'd love to continue adding. But then since you've got the big moves out of the way, you kind of have that luxury of saying, well, we tried to look out there. We, we tried to test the market a little bit more, but nothing was there. What I want to go out and say immediately is that the big moves are done. Okay, I would have 90, let's go 95. I don't want to say 99.9 because that's pretty much like it's not going to happen at all. I have 95% confidence. No other big moves are happening. I don't see them waiting on the market to fall for Marcus Stroman because what we have now realized, just because Marcus Stroman hasn't signed, it does not mean his price is going down. 
it's likely that he is setting a, a price range and not everybody is jumping at that. The Royals went out there and spent money on two of their starters and Michael Walker and Seth Lugo. Their rotation is set. Um, barring a Jordan Lyles trade for a salary dump in which they were so desperate to get rid of him, I don't see this rotation changing at all. So if you still have in your mind Marcus Stroman this, Marcus Stroman that, I would urge you to say just, okay, well, let's sound it out here. Three of the top 10 free agent starting pitchers are going to come to Kansas City. I just don't see it being that likely. I don't see them adding one more starter. Now, what is going to be interesting is if the market falls a certain way and they want depth, right? Because that is a big, big problem, I still believe, with this team. If somebody goes down, right, if somebody, you know, get, gets arm fatigue, they get a shoulder injury, a perfect example is Chris Bubich last year. Can you turn to another guy and expect him to carry the carry the baton? You know, carry the torch. Can you expect them to do that? I think the Royals have intriguing options. Depth, I think that's a question. Because let's say, you know, in this scenario, Seth Lugo goes down for a couple weeks. Let's not say a, a bad injury or anything. Let's say he misses a month. Who's the guy that's stepping in? If you want to say it's Daniel Lynch, then okay. If you want to say Chris Bubich, I don't think Bubich is going to be ready to join this team until late June, maybe early July. Is it Alec Marsh? I mean, right now, that's who you have. Maybe Veneziano, maybe Jonathan Bowen. All young guys are guys that are unproven to take a guy that you want to be one of the anchors of that rotation. So that's going to be the big question mark. I do believe the Royals are going to go out there for about four to five guys on those minor league deals, spring training invites. I think that's the perfect way to try to, with not spending much money, find depth. I thought the moves for Tyler Duffy, Dan Altavia, uh, Sam Long, and Mike Brasso, all of those guys were good depth pieces. I, I think that Tyler Duffy's going to be in this bullpen at, at one point in the season. Um, I like the curveball Sam Long has. I love Dan Altavia, just don't know about the health, right? So those guys are the moves I envision. And even with that left-handed bat, right? You're talking about the middle infielder that can play multiple positions, a, a Tony Kemp-like. It wouldn't shock me either if that is another minor league deal with a spring training invite because you have to factor in. All right, you have Nick Lofton there. Is Nick Lofton just going to be down in, in Omaha because they don't want him sitting the bench? And I would understand that, that argument. Nick Lofton doesn't get any better by coming up here and being the backup to Michael Massey. If Massey struggles, we talked about this last night, that you can turn things over to Nick Lofton and feel a lot better about it. But to me... This addition, the done adding part, I'm going to say a hard no. I do not think they're done adding. But if you are trying to get in your mind that this is going to be another big time move, just go back and kind of listen to some of the J.J. Piccolo interviews. I remember back on December 7th or 8th, it might have been, I was asked, you know, when is this big move going to happen? When is something actually going to get rolling in Kansas City? And I said, I think everything's going to be pretty much wrapped up by Christmas. Or I said, at least a move is going to be made by Christmas. And J.J. Piccolo had kind of said that a couple of days before, that we expect everything to settle by Christmas. And that, to me, with as honest as he's been this offseason, how much they want to spend, who they want to spend it on, guys they're looking into. That, to me, was his signal of we're going to be pretty much set at that point. But he's also said 
if this was February, if we had made all these moves in February, which wouldn't be likely, but just for the hypothetical here, if that was February, they would have been fine with their roster. Hey, we, we got everybody we wanted. We're set. We're ready for surprise. We're ready for spring training. Since it is December, there is still some holes you can fill, and depth is a huge part of that. That is, if you want the Royals to make the postseason, and we touched on this last night, if you want the Royals to make the postseason, which I'm assuming everybody that's listening to this podcast wants them to, it is going to seriously come down to, you know, if guys can step in when there are players that are hurt, because that's what makes every scrappy team, every team that is, I would say, trying to fight for a wild card spot, getting that 84-85 win threshold, it's not about who you start the year with. It's really who you finish with. It's the guys that gave you innings in the, the dog days of summer, July and August. You're going to need some of the guys that are not yet on the team to do that. And I think more specifically in that bullpen, right? And we're going to talk a lot more in the coming weeks about this bullpen as we gear up for spring training, right? We're almost to the new year. And at that point, we are two months away from spring training, which excites me. I'm sure it excites you. But we, we want to talk in length about the guys that we know are going to be on the opening day roster. But to me, I, I, I would really love to know who else out there they feel like can give them some depth, some relief. Uh, and that does not always have to be a bullpen guy. It's likely they are because those guys have the best chance on minor league deals to make the team or eventually break into Kansas City at some point in the season. But that's kind of what I am envisioning at this point. Um. If there is to be a major league deal to be made, I think it is probably going to be for that utility guy, which is unique to me because they've got Garrett Hampson, they've got Nick Lofton, they've got Drew Waters for the outfield, but they want a left-handed bat who can play the infield and really everywhere. And I think there's a few guys that kind of fit that narrative, fit that mold. Brad Miller's one of them, who was most recently in Texas, Tony Kemp again. Um, Adam Frazier's another guy, but I think with Frazier, he's going to get more than the Royals are willing to spend. I think Brad Miller probably doesn't want to go and play the bench. Tony Kemp kind of fits that mold, and we discussed that last week. But that, to me, would be maybe the last major league deal they do. A lot of the other guys, I think they're going to be minor league deals with spring training invites. All right, the next thing I want to dive into is regarding this bullpen, and it's going to be about closing games. Who is going to be the guy from the get-go? Who is going to be the guy long-term? I'll tell you next on Locked on Royals. You are tuning to Locked on Royals on the Locked on Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jack Johnson. Be sure to give me a follow on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore 1-5. Before we go any further, let's give a shout-out to the title sponsor today in FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 bucks if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options that include spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. That's FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. We talk about this bullpen, you know, over and over and over again. And I think the big question for a lot of fans out there, a lot of the listeners out there is, well, we don't really care about who the fifth inning guy is, who the sixth inning guy is. They want to know who's the eighth and the ninth. Uh, More specifically, who's closing out games. And the Royals have done, I believe, a pretty good job of 
overhauling this bullpen. We, we say the phrase, you know, raising the floor of this team. And if you're not aware of that saying, it's just, you know, last year where there really was no ceiling, I don't think that team really had uh, something to amount to. I don't think the potential was through the roof. But the problem was the floor wasn't there. It, it was a bottomed out floor. There were holes in the floor. So when things went wrong, instead of having a, a stable floor that kind of raised you to the ceiling, you could fall through it and plummet, and, and the team was going to be bad. And the Royals had one of the worst bullpens, really just ahead of the Oakland A's last year, in all of Major League Baseball. So it was a goal of J.J. Piccolo. It was a goal of John Sherman to say, all right, we got to raise the floor. Because even if these guys don't hit their ceiling, even if James MacArthur doesn't roll into 2024 with what he did in September, even if Hernandez never bounces back, even if John McMillan can't stay healthy, you have raised the floor by having Will Smith, Chris Stratton, and Nick Anderson, all guys that have proven in the big leagues that they are reliable, successful, confident, you know, just overall trustworthy guys in the bullpen. And that's what J.J. Piccolo wanted to add to the bullpen. And it gives me a lot of confidence that early on in the year, it's not throwing a dart to the dartboard in a pitch black room. It's not just saying, well, you know, we had a good outing from Carlos Hernandez the other day. He probably is the guy we want to close it out tonight or James MacArthur has been hot. So let's give him the role or, you know, John McMillan's had the best pure stuff for the last two games. Might as well give him a shot. That to me is throwing a dart at the dartboard in a pitch black room. You're just hoping that it works out. Whereas this year, in April, which hasn't been the case for the last five years. I mean, the Royals never added to their bullpen. And if they did, it was a cheap one-year deal, which I guess is kind of hypocritical because Will Smith and Chris Stratton and Nick Anderson were all cheap one-year deals. But they were guys that needed to bounce back. None of those three guys really need to bounce back. And that's the difference I'm finding. You know, Rollis Chapman last year needed to bounce back. Amir Garrett, when they bring him in in 2022, he needed to bounce back. Now, Ryan Yarbrough needed to bounce back. And that was kind of fitting into that narrative, that analogy of the dartboard, right? You're just, you're hoping these guys work out. And that's why I've got confidence with this current group. It allows the other guys to take a deep breath and kind of slide into a role they're more comfortable with. Now, the question is, what a lot of you are anxiously waiting for me to say is who closes out games well the easy answer to begin with is will smith uh before you know jose leclerc kind of stepped into that role and before a chapman came over to texas will smith was the closer for the rangers so you've got a world series winner and at least for a chunk of that year he got over 20 saves will smith was the guy and in his career i mean right three straight world series titles he has pitched in a lot of high leverage games He's closed out a lot of high leverage games. And that is something the Royals looked at. You know, Will Smith coming in from very successful teams. You might as well lean on, right? If it doesn't work out, you've got options. But this is the no-brainer to me. I mean, the Royals signed Will Smith to pencil him in as the closer early on. Now, I also believe with Mac Quattrero, he doesn't really cement somebody into one role which I think hurt a lot of the young guys last year because 
they just were trying to find themselves. You know, when Carlos Hernandez was pitching well in the eighth inning role, maybe he should have never gotten that bump to the closer role. And I was very vocal about getting him in the closer role. He clearly is just not a closer. You know, James MacArthur was better in high leverage than he was in long relief. There's just guys you were trying to figure out. But with these three bullpen additions, you know, it's it's very important to know that those guys have roles. They were signed to have roles. Chris Stratton is going to be your Scott Barlow before Scott Barlow became a closer. Just the rubber arm guy. I mean, he threw over 80 innings last year. So Chris Stratton to me is the, all right, your starter gets to the fifth inning. You have a one-run lead. You need somebody to work to. Chris Stratton. You know, Nick Anderson to me is that seventh or eighth inning guy. And you can also, you know, put James MacArthur and Carlos Hernandez into that role. I think that is just fine. But it's all bridging the gap, at least early on, to Will Smith. Now, the big question, the maybe the bigger question, because I said the big question earlier, that I'm starting to wonder of, well, who's the long-term plan? Because they're not going into 2024 thinking Will Smith is the closer from April to September. That's just, I don't think that's likely. So who's got the best makeup, I guess I should say, of being a closer long-term? I thought at the beginning of the year, last year, would be Carlos Hernandez, or at least midway through. Then I kind of transitioned into John McMillan, who wasn't in Kansas City. It was, well, this guy throws hard, wipe out stuff. That should be a closer, right? To me, I think the long-term fit might be James MacArthur, and here's why. I think James MacArthur is very similar to Alex Lang. And Alex Lang, I always bring up Detroit's bullpen on this podcast, but Alex Lang is a guy that I really love to watch pitch. He has one of the best curveballs of anybody in any bullpen anywhere. American League, nationally, doesn't matter. But to me, if James MacArthur could become that, I mean, that is your closer long term, at least for another year. But that is how you find guys. That is how you assemble a bullpen. You want to have the stabilizers in Will Smith, you know, Chris Stratton, and Nick Anderson. And then you go maybe a couple steps further and piece together with a Tyler Duffy or or Dan Altavia, guys who had been there before. But the upside guys, that's what really changes the bullpen. If the upside guys reach that potential, now you're talking about a, a top 10 bullpen in the American League, which should be the goal from the get-go, right? And there's 15 teams in the American League. Hitting top 10 should not be moving, you know, heaven and earth for. That should be doable with this group. You've got some consistency now. Now it's about, okay, Carlos Hernandez, John McMillan, James MacArthur, hell, maybe Jake Brents, Serpa if he makes the team, you know, Alec Marsh if he gets moved to the bullpen. It's about those guys taking it to the next level, right? It's really about you having that foundation. They did that through free agency. Now the guys that were thrown into the fire, you've got that experience. It's about taking things to another type of stratosphere, another type of, of just level in general. Now that, to me, is how this bullpen gets to that serviceable point. You can get to the seventh best bullpen in the AL. That is more than okay. The, the middle of the pack, considering where you had been, that would be a tremendous jump forward, and this bullpen needs that. But for closing out games, I'd say in the immediate, Will Smith, long-term, probably James MacArthur. 
Okay, before we move on to our final segment, one shout out here to Locked On Sports Today. It's here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. When we return, I'm going to give you who I believe is the most underrated signing of this offseason for the Kansas City Royals. That's next on Locked On Royals. You are tuning to Locked On Royals on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jack Johnson. Be sure to give me a follow on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore 15. We're also live on TikTok and Instagram. You'll give us a follow over there at Locked underscore on underscore Royals. And very easy to find us on wherever you listen to your podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Amazon Music, Google Podcast, and we are on YouTube. Just be sure to be the next subscriber to our channel. We're trying to get to 800 by the new year and then to 1,000 by opening day 2024. We've been discussing a lot about the, the free agent acquisitions over the last two episodes. We've talked about this bullpen. We've talked about the, the depth and the lineup. And to me, I think I, I'm almost obligated at this point to open up about who I think is the most underrated signing. And I'm not going to sit here and say, well, Seth Lugo is because a guy that has the fourth largest deal in club history is not going to be seen as an underrated signing, right? He's got to live up to that contract. I'm not going to say somebody like Michael Walker, Hunter Renfro, because those are guys that were signed to be starters. I think an underrated signing, whether you, anytime you are dealing with underrated, you got to be looking where not many people are, at least maybe just a few people are looking. And to me, I, I think it's a pretty obvious answer because it reminds me of a move the Royals made three years ago. The most underrated signing, in my opinion, of December, or maybe even can throw November in here as well, was Dan Altavia. Now, maybe you are uh, agreeing with that. Maybe you're going, I don't even know who Dan Altavia is. And there is also a chance Dan Altavia does not make it out of spring training. But that also doesn't defer me from my argument here. Dan Altavia was elite back before the injuries, back before he struggled just a little bit. I mean, you go back to 2019, 2018, 2020, those years, Dan Altavia had incredible stuff. Upper 90s heater, wipeout slider, and that is something I think the Royals identified and saw him pitch in the Dominican Winter League. Not very long, but the stuff appeared to be there again. The velocity was coming back. And anytime you are dealing with minor league deals, you are kind of just hoping and praying. And I know that that sounds a bit weird because I just said in this podcast episode today, I was tired of the Royals hoping and praying with their bullpen. This is a different scenario. Okay, I don't want them going into 2024, handing guys the seventh, eighth, and ninth inning and hoping for the best. But when you make minor league deals, that is the epitome of hoping for the best. It doesn't cost you anything. They're making league minimum. They get an invite to spring training. You're not making any roster moves. I believe that team should be doing far more minor league deals than they really do. But Dan Altavia has that velocity back a little bit. And the reason the Royals were able to jump on that is because it was simply injuries. A guy that hadn't really been pitching over the last two years, you take a chance on it because the velocity is still there. And why it's important 
to kind of have this as my pick is it reminds me of the move the Royals made back before the COVID year. And that was going out and getting Trevor Rosenthal. I am not saying Dan Altavia was Trevor Rosenthal before the injuries. I'm not saying his stuff was even as good. But Trevor Rosenthal was also at a point in his career where it did not make sense for anybody to give him a deal. His career was done after the 2019 season. He had just been in Detroit. I think he had bounced around the Nationals as well. He kind of went viral for one outing in which he walked like four or five guys, wild pitches everywhere. It was ugly. Clearly, he was a shell of his former self. But he goes to the Tigers. His ERA is north of 15 points something. I mean, it doesn't matter if it's above 10. If it's above 10, you're not getting anybody out. So he goes into the offseason. The Royals view him as a, as a perfect minor league deal candidate. Because even though he had pitched, even though he was wild, the velocity was there. Okay, the velocity was something they wanted to work with. Now, Trevor Rosenthal comes into Kansas City. He's pumping 100, 101, 102, and surprise, COVID year happens, right? There's that layoff. But then he's this electric back-end guy for the Royals in that COVID year, if you can remember. I mean, seriously, had been one of the more unhittable guys that was paired alongside Josh Stom on him. And it was fun. It was electric to watch the 8th and ninth inning in Kansas City. Held the 7th, 8th, and ninth because Scott Barlow was there as well. That was a very underrated bullpen. I think Greg Holland was on that team. But Trevor Rosenthal reminds me a lot of this Dan Altavia deal. Now, like I said, it does not mean Dan Altavia is going to be coming back. He's going to be pumping triple digits. And he's the 8th the or ninth inning guy in Kansas City. That's not what I'm saying. But depth and depth in the bullpen is vitally important. You have to have that depth in that area because guys struggle, guys get hurt, there's double headers. You just need somebody to come out there. And even if it is 10 innings on the year, it's worth it. And for the low risk you have with Dan Altavia being a minor league deal, that's what makes it very much intriguing because the velocity's back a little bit. And the minute that velocity comes back is also the same point you can take somebody seriously of returning to that level. If Dan Altavia never got back that velocity, if he was still you know, slinging in there at 94, 95, which is firm, not electric, you're hitting 96, 97, 98. It's just a different level. If he never got that velocity back, I don't think the Royals take a chance on him. I don't think they give him that spring training invite because you want that velocity to ramp up with all the pitches. Right, not just the fastball, not just the slider, the changeup. You want it to get back to a major league level because that is a way he makes this team. That is a way he eventually appears in Kansas City health, number one. But number two, it's making sure that velocity maintains that when you show up to surprise, this stuff looks really good. And that's what has intrigued me so much about this deal. I think with the other guys, you know, Tyler Duffy, Sam Long. Um, you even look at the guys that are going to be in that bullpen, you know, Will Smith, Chris Stratton, um, going off the top of my head of maybe on hell Serpa. Like I'm going in there. I'm not expecting those guys to light up the radar gun. I'm not expecting their stuff to look electric. Dan Altavia is that long shot, but could look electric in spring training. That's kind of what I'm buying into a little bit because before these injuries, three, four years ago. We've seen this happen in Major League Baseball. Guys miss a long period of time. They come back, and they've got just unbelievable stuff. I mean, 
this is a weird name to throw out there, but Daniel Bard in Colorado. And Daniel Bard's career was shot and done. He comes back to Colorado and he's pumping triple digits and he's been a closer and I think he was an all-star. Like, again, I'm throwing out these names not to say Dan Altavia is going to be that, but it gives you hope that it's happened before. Don't just look at one guy and go, oh, he hasn't pitched in two years. Don't think he's going to make the team. You never know. There's still one spot left in that bullpen that is up for grabs. Maybe Dan Altavia can be one of those guys. Well, that's going to do it for another edition of Lockdown Royals on the Lockdown Podcast Network. I've been your host, Jack Johnson. Be sure to give me a follow on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15. Before we go, one last shout out to Lockdown Sports today. It's here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories, the local experts of Lockdown, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Lockdown Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Until tomorrow, you take it easy, Kansas City.